Welcome to the Deep Dive. It's part two of the Mailbags Monday Review. We've got Jack Dickens, Shane Shirlio. We're talking Flemington, Doombin, Toowoomba, the whole lot. It'll be a bit, little bit of everything, but we'll start with you, Dicko. Uh, welcome back into lockdown. And it was nice when, you know, while we're able to enjoy being on course, but I'll probably see you next, uh, what, maybe in time for the Cup? I don't know. Um, it's, it's hard, mate, to be honest. Like, it's... Yeah, it's hard. It's shit. Like, not knowing what you're doing and like, we had the boys down here. Shane was supposed to come and like we'd be playing golf today and would have been at Flemington on Saturday and we would have won. We would have won small. I, I, I reckon I made like one mistake that I can like go back through and uh, and we spoke about it a bit on the text as a group. I think Tagaloa should have been a bear. But the rest of it was about there thereabouts. And when you look back and so like I back cool. We took two dollars fifty. It started two bucks. Um, you know, you look at the data and stuff. I don't, I don't regret that bet. Um, back Zudanzo, back Skyman, we backed Asar. We should have backed Tagalog with it. Um, had a tiny bet on Pippi, which in hindsight maybe not the, the donation, but it was a tiny bet. And Zach had in the last, and to get done by that non-winning. I'm telling you, who flushes and is having a 50th go at it. It's a bit frustrating, but small win, winning week, whatever. We move on and we uh, we dive into everything because we've got nothing else to do down here. I was going to say, you, you sound really invigorated. Uh, Kills, help him out a little bit. Uh, what was the week like for yourself? Uh, Saturday was, was really bad. It, um, I had a a pretty solid losing day. Um, we sort of bounced up and down a bit during the week and got out, it got a sort of a head going into Saturday and I just lost count. I haven't really added it up yet. Cause I just don't want to look right now. Um, just yet, uh, just with the amount of seconds, um, it was extremely frustrating on Saturday. So, and, uh, um, just being on the end of a couple of interesting decisions early in races, um, particularly in the Metro meetings, like we backed a ringy spring. I think we took like eight and eight fifty or something earlier in the day, just, you know, with the low weight second up fitter map to go forward. Um, it was eights into four twenty and restrained out of the gates back to second last. Um, just small things like that, which completely grade me up and the horses ran enormous. Um, Do you think through the Shields report? Like, there was a few of them on Saturday for me. And then you, you go through looking for the stewards report, only, only really just to do due diligence before you do like this show, really. Mm. And then you start to see other shit in there. Like you might you might go look for an excuse for something else you're back, but while you're there, you go and look at the stewards report for that race. And there'll be really nothing in there. Or <laughs> trainer was reminded that he needs to notify a change of tactics. Or <laughs> <laughs> and you just go into a deeper, deeper yeah, state yeah. block, completely just fuming. Kels, you did mention just then, like, both of you have backed a, a horse, you know, had a solid bet. Both of them have beaten SP. And I think we've mentioned this quite a few times over the last period of time. And is beating SP, does that actually mean anything, Kels, in your point of view anymore? Um, I can understand the arguments for 
I can understand the arguments for make, for that being very important, uh, beating SP. I can understand the, the mathematical importance of that, and I, I agree with the arguments of it. It doesn't mean it matters to me personally. Like, I go back and, and price that race that we say take a ringy spring, for example. Well, 850 was unders if it was going to go back to second last. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what the market says the SP is and, and what I think the SP is, if I'm doing some post-race analysis, like it's completely irrelevant. Like Beaufort Park was another horse that we backed Saturday, which, you know, which was up in trip and, and, and had to be forward to be able to be in the finish. And it was back to last, another one that, that shortened um, throughout the day as well. Now you go and reprice that race with that horse mapping last. We're, we're taking unders, regardless of what the regardless of what the starting price says. So obviously the starting price has um, a lot of relevance, um, and you're going to have instances where you do a review and the starting price. Um, if you want to post uh, price the race after the event, or you're going to get bad luck checks or held up and whatever other stuff, which which makes that analysis um, a little bit more difficult. And you just got to go with the market SP, but then you have those races where you've completely got the map wrong, and um, it's a lot easier to identify that that SP probably isn't right um, for whatever reasons. Um, okay, you know, I, I quite like that. I reckon that makes a lot of sense. Judging SP when you're repricing the race, I I quite like that going forward. Okay, uh, we'll start yeah, with. Yeah, but, but, but can you can you price it? It's a, it's almost like a mythical price if you're pricing it on where it was, like where it did map, versus where where you believed it would map. Like you've obviously got an enormous amount of ability. You know, you've you've won consistently since you started with us. You would have won before then. Like over the journey, you're going to get the maps right because the map is a huge factor in in a, in the winning chance of a horse. So, so I reckon repricing it off where it lobbed. Well, you know, there was a horse in, for example, in, at Doom in race one leadership spill where they were taking any price bet fare below, below, um, you know, below the fixed price call at one point late. Um, it was just a matter of, you know, getting as much on as they could, they, hashtag they could. Um, I've done a little bit of re done a little bit of work post race and, um, you know, you've got the stable mate drifting and missing the start out the back and leadership spill landing on the bunny quite comfortably and it's a dollar thirty. Um, maps key, um, and I'm you know, I'm sure I'm not sure, can't speak for other states, but I'm seeing I'm seeing the market smack horses with map favours late at at a lot lower rated price than I can get them to off the data. And I'm, I'm, I'm still bets, you have a look at my what I've sent to, to the subs the last two weeks. I've left bets on favourites because I couldn't get them that short. Where the market said there's no price that's too short for this thing, it gets the lead and wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the SP profiles are still a very useful tool, and particularly if you're like watching yep. this and trying to make a start in the game. I think it's a it, yep. it's a valuable, valuable tool for everything that you might not know of or miss. Or, but absolutely, it, if the market's moving, it's because people, enough people with 
more so enough power to move the market. And to have enough power to move the market, you're likely very successful than have a large bank. So absolutely, it's the, it's the intelligent money telling you what's the most likely outcome in this race. Yeah, don't disagree at all. And particularly on those, I think I, I'm, I'd probably put a little bit more weight on SP profile on the younger horses, um, you know, particularly when you're looking at first starters and, and you know, two and three year olds early in their preparations, even from one, even from first to second prep, um, we see a little bit of stable confidence and that's, I think that's really relevant to certain stables as well. See, that's just fascinating. I'd be the other way a little bit. I find it really confusing because I, I doubt that the big mobs who can really swing a market overly play that that end, like those sort of races where there is no data. And the, and if like, if you and if, if the three of us owned a horse, and the plastics knew that one of our accounts was keen to back it, or our trainer was, I think they could really influence the market a lot more, say than. Than a horse that was having it's like is a three-year-old having its third preparation. Yeah, and like don't discount the don't discount the um the impact that those traders at those corporates have on those types of horses. That mm. they see the right account backing them and and they're and they're shopping out wide. Yeah, we've seen a thing on Twitter where you know it was spoken about by. Um, you know, the sports bet traders are the best at knocking the tab prices off. Mm. So, yeah. So many factors. It's such a massive jigsaw puzzle. Okay. Well, let's well that makes sense because they'd have the most accounts. So they'd be the favourite to get the most amount of work. And early. And early because they're going up. Yeah. Also helps potentially if they know exactly what time certain joints are going up. Um, <laughs> Let's start off with Flemington. Uh, we'll have a look at the Vanity, the CS Hayes, and the Lightning. Uh, the Vanity, Dickens, Dancer, very fast tempo. It sat on speed, and it's completely and utterly killed them. I suppose this is a really good example, and it's something to discuss, because I'm interested in what you both think here. You, you've, seen, you've seen my prices. Like, this horse was a strong bet. But it's confusing because of how strong some of these... Um, First up, decent to quality stayers are, and then and then there's money for Star L, and then there's strong money for was it personal in this race? Uh, pos not not it was a bit soft late by the looks of things. It sort of kept personal, it, yeah, personal, yeah. But um, but, it, but it was back though. Like there was a, there was money there for it. Like it wasn't like this thing's just having a run first up, and and then the money indicated the ride like that this is an oaks winner first up over 400 meters on a good speed a really good speed if you're if we discuss this on a previous show on thursday it's favorite to be ridden cold yep it's that it's that fucking one one or something yeah, like it was I'm, there to win i mean it, it also had it was like one. it was as good a ride as there was on the day yeah but um, it did have barrier one and quite often that stable barrier means intent Mm. Anyway, I've underbet the winner, but I have bet back the winner, thank God. They have gone so fast here. I don't think anything in this race will ever, ever beat Zoo Dancer over 400 metres. Ever. Unless something goes wrong with Zoo Dancer. I, I think there's a stack of um, nice runs in the race. Um, I, I'd be... Um, I'd be... 
nervous about backing anything out of this race within two weeks. Like anything here, they, they have gone so hard. And you've had, they got horses that were really like first up in their prep, like your personal Star Earls, um, even Salto Angel, or you've got horses like Vespertine and that. Thunder, Thunder Peak was good, but it's fifth up or sixth up next up, maybe first preparation. So yeah, I think Zoo Dancer is a beast. It, it, it clocked a big figure before it was freshened up, like a much improved figure on, on its lightly raced career, and it's, it's smacked that again now. I think it just never looked like getting beat in the run either, did it? Well, because we're on, you know, you know what it's like. like. You just want the fucking thing to win, you know. Like this is looking good, and then there's all these stayers that are close enough. You don't, I don't watch or trust the times on the TV. So you think they're pretty close, and then she just like eased it through its gears. It's the perfect ride and the perfect horse for J Car, like the Nature Strip. She just lets them get through their gears, doesn't slow them down. It's a great ride. Um, yeah, it fucking killed him. Like, if she, if she was into it, it probably would have won by twice as far. Yeah. Can't remember what race. They were talking about some pretty decent race that potentially going towards, and I can't remember what it was. Well, off these, of figures, the off these figures, right, a 10.4 on the pony form all-average benchmark. That's about three lengths off a group one race. Yeah. The right group one race. And it's a horse that has tactical speed. It has tactical speed and it's won a dom like a dominant win at Flemington. A horse, if if it can find three or four lengths and has tactical speed, it's a it's a certainty to run top three in a good race at Mooney Valley, provided it's racing on pace, which it's favourite to do, like dominant favourite to do that track. Caulfield the same. Like it's it's a box ticker this horse. It must have been the Guineas. Of course, it was the Guineas. Anyway, uh, it's gonna yeah. it's. The Caulfield Guineas is is that is it the Australian Guineas or the Caulfield Guineas? Australian Guineas. Yeah, I'd rather see it at Caulfield. Not that time of year. Um, all right, let's have a look at the the CSAs because you mentioned Teg Tigalawa, uh, and we talked about it actually on this show a couple of weeks back with uh, Natalie Young being less less than impressed post race with Mark Zara with the gesticulation and the arm movement and all that sort of stuff after posting the horse three wide no cover in a small field. Um, Came up against Azar, had the... Did it have SP over Azar, or was it very no, close? No, no it, it, was, it was something like 290 versus 250. I'll, I'll confirm it, because I want to get it right. Yeah. So, at Caulfield, uh, Azar, SP, 250. They were both knocked off by Portland Score, who led and won. Targalawa was 330 into 290, and yeah. was not suited, was raced wide without cover in the stewards' report. Um Draw barrier one was never going to be wide without cover. Jack, fuck's sake, that should have been a little tick. It, it was right around, even the more frustrating part, and this is like the hardest thing that we do, is I still priced it like almost a bet because it was soft. It touched $15. So then when we're already on ASAR, do we then expand the race and back this horse? When we're having a pretty strong day, we just keep it simple. It's sort of like little... Um, Thoughts that you have, and I made the wrong decision here. I should have been with both. That the, the market, and this is probably to Curly's SP profile point. The market had no fucking clue in this race. They, all they wanted was this Kiwi horse, which was wide, not suited, but it was pretty weak too. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that a lot of these Kiwi group races are pretend races, 
um, you have to see them perform in Australia before having some level of confidence, whether it's in a previous preparation or the same preparation. But, you know, a lot of these group one races that we're seeing run over in New Zealand at the moment, I mean, Melody Bell's won about 40 of them. I mean, it's just, what do you get from that? Um, you need to make sure that the horse is turning up in the right condition. Unfortunately, we weren't on course, so we weren't able to confirm any of that. There would have been a great race to be in the yard for because we saw Azar and take a lower last start. I've got a good profile on Dom to shoot. Well, one guy would have been a really interesting horse to get a profile on. Uh, well, looks like it's come back pretty well. The most interesting horse here would have been Territory Tony to see how forward it was because it's the run of the race outside the two first and second horses. And, and, and post-race, and even on Saturday morning when we're talking, we're like, ASAR's a cat. It's, a, it's not genuine. It is genuine. ASAR has run like the biggest figure of its like almost the biggest figure of its life here. It's just Tagaloa hasn't stopped. Like ASAR's gone from running a 4.3 first up at Caulfield to running a 13.4 here. Yeah. It's huge. It's easy for me to say this, but hindsight, interested in your your two opinion because you look at it more than me. Um, looking at the race, so I like I say it's easy for me to say this now. Like, didn't the best four horses for, like finish in the first four placings? Yeah, on what we've seen. Yeah, like my Malunga, I didn't trust as much, but it had the SP profile. So, and and a bit more upside, I, I thought. Hmm. Yeah, and and like the bet, they they've gone really fast, very fast for the class, the race. Right, and Targaloa has clocked the fastest last 200 metres of the race. Asar, the third fastest last 200 metres of the race. Mwanga, the second fastest last 200 metres of the race. And Terry Tortoni, the fourth fastest. So, despite they sat on speed and looked like they were suited by the, the race shape, they're still the, the best two horses in the last 200 metres. Or the first and third best horses. I, I think Asar is genuine, and we're likely going to see a flip next start of the SPs, and we're probably going to be with Asar again. Yeah. <laughs> Off that. <laughs> Off this valuable lesson I've learned about trusting. What's the, what's the race where they go to from here? It's the Australian Guineas, is it? That's the next yeah. logical step for most of these horses. Yeah. Uh, if Mawanga stays in Melbourne. Yeah. And it's just about the barrier draws. Yeah. Really. Because like, Asar does need a good barrier. I, I thought the barrier was okay to trust D-Lane. And D-Lane gave this thing like an outstanding rod. Luke Curry gave Tagaloa a peach too. Yeah. What did you think of the West's best horse, Dom to shoot? It's coming. It ran third in the Kingston Town Classic behind Truly Great, and that race is really holding up very strong uh, out of WA. Oh, I thought it was just about as good, but not as good as um, Territor Tony. Yeah. I mean, it settled right back in the field. And First I thought, start, I did think, like, like I, I made like a note, like, Draw better next start will improve. Yeah. It was ridden just like, like so cold. Yeah. Whereas Cheritor Tony's biggest like weakness is this, is this going to be ridden cold every time? And that's Target Lower's big edge over all these horses. It's got that tactical speed. Yep. Proper beast. Um, okay. Good race, deep race going forward, but the Lightning. Uh, I mean, it's just another tick for Mark Roden's 
nature strip theory, isn't it? I didn't even mention that to him on the uh, on the Sydney show. I'm not sure he probably wanted to hear it. He could have built about 14 houses out of that if he uh, kept to it. At every start, the market kept finding bivouac. I must say, during the run, I didn't even notice bivouac was in the race for the most part. It was there to win. It was close enough to win, though. Like, nature strips run a bigger figure first up this prep than it ran all preparation last. It's just improved. Its biggest figure last preparation was first up, and it was only 0.1 of a length inferior to what it did on Saturday, and it was over 1,000 metres. So it, it, it regressed only slightly, but it did regress throughout like, its preparation. So I, I think like, align, aligning with Roden, we're going to have to be against it next start because it's going to be the dominant favourite next start because it won here. Yeah, I think it was so. utterly, utterly blessed in run and one of the, like, so simple, but one of the great rides. Just she didn't give any care for what Pippi was doing. Just, just let the horse get through its gears. It was outstanding riding. September run, though, is a beast. He's a proper horse. He's easily the, the best horse out of this meeting to follow. Like, it's it's clocked the fastest last 400 and 200 off a of savage speed. Yes, a 1,000 metre race, but fuck me. There were some of the most disgraceful tempos there on Saturday. Like, it's, it's an amazing performance. September run is, like, legitimately very, 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 very good. And I, I think they're like the next generation of proper sprinters in Australia. Yeah, I loves thought the yeah. Love, loves the straight. I like. I'll, I'll be more. I don't know what the word is. Pragmatic might be the word. It did what it was expected to do. I thought September run. It was going to sit back uh, off a tempo and be the flashing light runner late because it wants twelve hundred down the straight next time. I thought it ran exactly to to expectation and didn't mm. disappoint. And um, it should be very hard to beat. Yeah, I think it'll be incredibly hard to beat next start, but it'll probably be at a price that means that we're probably not even on, but it's easily like the horse to follow from the meeting. Just hoping that, like, it meets Nature Strip and a few of these over 1,200 metres, and they, they, they favour the, the winner in the market early on, and we can get a result there. Because it's if they if this field meets at 1,200, I'd be backing September run to beat them, and I'll probably be having something with people like, get, you get a better price. So early market for the for the new market. September runs two sixty. Bivouac's oh. eleven dollars. Nature strips eleven dollars. Oh, I'm back in bivouac heavily. Sure. There you go. So of everything I just said, I still it's about price, isn't it? So eleven dollars bivouac is is they should be about all the same price. He's um he looked disappointing to the eye bivouac didn't he? But if you have a look at have a look at the data there, he's probably ran to what you'd expect him to do first up thousand. To be honest, based on what he's done in the past, like he wasn't that yeah. far off similar figures to what he's produced, you know, at eleven hundred first up. Um, but, he, but his ceiling, his ceiling is like he's got a much higher ceiling than anything in this race. Like that, that races in Australia, that's sixteen point one, isn't it? 16.1, yes. 1,200 metres down the straight. Yeah. Like, it's it's two lengths better than anything in Australia. Yeah. And he's, he's returned, uh, what, 11.2 today, uh, Saturday. He looked probably a little disappointing to the eye, but first up 1,000. If you have a look at his Caulfield runs, the last two preps, he's been at Caulfield first up 1,100. He's ran 12.8. Yeah. And first up, last preparation at Randwick over 1,100, 5.3. 
So if you're a Bivouac fan, don't stress. You just, maybe just if you know he's going to the new market, eleven dollars is complete not a gravy. This September run shouldn't start favourite over Bivouac. Twelve hundred metres down the straight. I just think September runs the most exciting horse from a narrative and racing fan point of view. I'd have moved to that market. Okay. Uh, do you have one other horse from any of the other races that you want to follow going forward? Um, I think Skyman's. I think Skyman, September Run, Cherry Tortoni, and Bivouac are the four horses to follow. But maybe not September run now, given it's already they've already got a market out and it's so short. Yep. Um, I really like this guy, man. Pissed off we didn't have more on. And if you notice, um, another rort for the way we record our results. Well, when we sent the bed, it was four dollars. It started three dollars in five minutes. It absolutely hemorrhaged. This is its second preparation in Australia. Only its second preparation. So. It's with it's with Walla. It's 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 it ran it, it ran a peak figure in Australia or just below its peak figure first up this preparation. It's now run a peak figure and improved second up, up from fourteen to sixteen hundred. Sky is the limit for this horse. I don't know how I don't know how high it'll get, but you'd imagine it's going to get every bit of two thousand. Um, Loves Flemington. I would be surprised to see like a, a, a real like strong senior rider pimps this pimps this ride, and um, who knows? I did I did think um, an interesting horse on the day is his cool. Like, Runway was having like career start sixty, and what like we we're talking about with the stewards reports. I don't know why I read them because they just grab me up, but um. John McNeil thought the horse might be suited over further. They wrote that. I don't know why. Why did they write that? Why did they write that? What, given it one over the same distance last start? And it's won twice over 600 metres. <laughs> like, literally last start, it won over two. Or why don't they say, Jai? I, I just love to see him say, Jai, one last, like last time it raced, it was actually over the same trip and it won. That's all I, I just want, like... They're not lawyers. They're stewards. No, no, I'm, not, I'm not actually bagging it. It like, entertains me, but it grates me up. The only difference was last start it went, what, six, six lengths faster than the 600. So maybe that was the difference. I don't know. Because it was even, it had been even fitter now, so it would probably be able to handle even faster tempo. Yeah, stop talking logical sense. We don't need that. Uh, let's, let's go up to Queensland, speaking of logical sense. Girls, the Tony Golan half hour. Let it, let's just unroll or let's uh, wind back what happened there. Uh, race two, Miami Flies. Yeah, I'm going to bring your two opinions in here with looking at the data. Now, this horse, um, you know, obviously debut winner at the Sunshine Coast. It was just a thousand and dashed and yeah, it looked nice. Um, Yard reports were pretty impressed of this horse at Doombin when it stepped out Saturday. It's done it all itself again. Um, clocked a 7.5, all average benchmark. Now, three-year-old filly having its second start in a race, doing it all its all on its own, like leading and winning, um, all on raw ability. Um, I've sort of had a look at its performances compared to a horse like a way game, who I suppose is like... I'm not sure whether benchmark filly is the right 
sort of description of a away game, but it's the sort of the first one that sprung to mind anyway. Um, I sort of had a bit of a comparison and I, I wonder where the ceiling is for this horse, Miami Flies. Like I said, it's done everything on raw ability and leading and winning. So hasn't had a bunny or anything like that. It's just something it's, it's to do both times. And 7.5 is a good figure. It was clearly the big figure on the day. Um, and well, it's a, it's a huge figure too for, for, for Queensland. Three-year-old filly having its second start. It's a massive figure for Queensland. Well, we've done a stack of deep dials where there might be one or two horses that have broken the, the benchmark. Hmm. Well, we didn't break the benchmark last Saturday, I don't think. Yeah, well, there you go. Now we've run a 7.5. Yeah. Like, it's enormous. Is it nominated for any three-year-old features coming up? Do we know? Um, well, the three-year-old features don't exist in Queensland. Um, I'm talking about Sydney or Melbourne, obviously. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> until the Winter Carnival, obviously. So, um, yeah. um, like, just comparing it to, you know, it's it's like two to three lengths off the figures that Jonker was tossing up when it was melting yeah. the clock up here. Um <laughs> Like that's like it's enormous figure. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but Tony Gollan's horses in the last are absolutely airborne. Um, he won the first two. Uh, Miami flies, yeah, clearly the best on the day. Where does it go from here? Like, I don't know, Sydney. Probably. Don't know. Well, he wouldn't go to Melbourne because he won't be able to get it out. No. no. All the smart Queenslanders stay away from Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best thing you had last week, hey? It was really not, good. A to, not a lot to report from out of that race other than the winner was um, was ultra impressive. So it'd be interesting to see where she goes. Um, but that's a group figure for a three-year-old filly. That's a... You know, that's a group figure that she can, you know, she can be competitive in a group race for sure off that. Does Gollan find a lot of these spirit of booms? He obviously trained the horse. So does he tend to gravitate that way in terms of breeding? Do we know? Um, well, I think he just gets a lot of them because he trained the sire probably. Yeah. But in saying that, Black Soil Bloodstock, who owned this horse, um, you know, they've obviously, um, they've obviously got a good eye for a young horse because they've trotted out a number of, you know, good horses over the last couple of years, like this horse, Isotope's another one that off the top of my head among a few others. So, yeah, I don't know where, I don't know how far this horse goes, but it can only improve off that is is what I think. Um, probably one of the best, the next best uh, on the day was probably race nine in Garibaldi. Um, just visually, um you know, from from the four hundred to the two hundred has gone from three lengths behind the leader to three lengths in front of it. It was um, it was a scintillating turn of foot um, for a horse that uh, was a little was a little bit maligned. Obviously, it's come back gelded, and we launched into it first up, and it got beat by Ruka. Uh, I don't think it's been beaten since, um, and we've steered off it. So, um, yeah, devastating again. Um, Second biggest figure of the day with a 6.2. Um, did its best work late, obviously, and um, very soft to the line. Uh, it's hard to know sort of what to follow out of the meeting, to be honest. Um, some sectional times which makes me absolutely sick are the splits of a Ricky Spring. Yeah. Um, you know, it even had – it even, like, just to completely annoy me, ran the fastest last two under the meeting, um, you know, which makes me sick. Um, you just couldn't win from back there. 
another horse that we were on, which I did sort of anticipate it would get back in the field and the tempo would be, you know, even enough for him to get home was in the two-year-old it was a horse called Better Off. Um, I wouldn't say it was back. It was like a detached from the field. Um, not sure that the camera angle panned wide enough to see how far it was off the leader. It was a two-year-old having a uh, young horse. I'm not sure what that is. Young horse having its like, uh, what was it? Um, second start. Second start in a race. Two-year-old colt. It's peeled off like the fifth fastest last 200 of the meeting. They like to get too carried away with those late splits on back markers, but um, I suppose it gives me some peace that these horses of back do have ability, but we just uh, we just couldn't get the map um, to suit on the day. So I think Eringi Springs, a horse coming out of the meeting that um, that we could be on uh, next start in the right setup for sure. Um, if we could just get a memo if they're going forward. Okay. And uh, what about Toowoomba? Because I certainly uh, caught wind of what was happening in race five with uh, this thing, Paco, being absolutely launched and the data on Dr. TK. I, I think uh, a few of the, the smarties sort of found it and the price just got better as they got closer to jump time. Oh, it's always good when he starts like that. <laughs> when he's just rubbing the freshly, freshly oh, I was dead. Um, so I left the track after race two um, and I'm hoping that I get a letter from the turf club saying I'm not welcome back because we were on King of the Desert <laughs> we were on King of the Desert and I, I sent this bet I sent the bet saying this is like as confident as I can be with a map at Toowoomba um this thing leads and wins. It's that simple. Now, taking two seventy, it's SP three dollars, which annoyed me because all I've done there is bet again late at like three thirty betfair or something, right? So, King of the Desert leads and wins. The only really risk is probably Red Zeb from Gate Two will cross the horse in Gate One and end up behind the leader, and Sir Piccolo will end up one one. They were both like ten, twelve dollars. We'll have a small chop on those two horses because they're the only two that can win without, you know, unless they take this leader on. So we lead comfortably. Red Zeb goes to cross the horse inside. It doesn't. The horse's name is Carnivu or Carniva. Uh, um, Carniva. <laughs> 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 the leader, and then I and then we get a couple of horses with like seventy dollars SPs just completely barbecuing us in front. Um, we've kicked clear on the had the audacity to kick clear on the corner, and then Carnivu or Carniva, who uh, should not have been behind the leader, has fallen as got us right in the line. I completely snapped. I completely lost it. The horse that, that was three deep taking us on was slow away. He just sent it three deep and took us on the whole way. It was at the 100 metre mark when I was packing my computer up. <laughs> That's how far back it was. <laughs> anyway, I've stormed out. I've stormed out. I've stormed out. I've rang. I've, I've text Mrs. Curly and she thought, like I might have gone into a fight or something because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> myself very well. That's an insight into the man that that's what his missus might think. How old are you? 40 what? 43. <laughs> <laughs> he needed another fight. <laughs> I was um I sculled I sculled two beers and I was gonna have two hundred 
And um, I said, no, you better come and get me here because I'm about to go off my head. <laughs> <laughs> so I've settled back in for race five. So like a lot more calmer now, you know, I'm at my computer and I'm watching this horse, Paco, completely <laughs> melt. $7 in the city, right? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dr. TK was, um, Dr. TK was like a barrier trial at Gatton is what it looked like. It was half missed the start. It was a bad ride. He was the widest runner on the corner and kept finding the line. Bobby Alyssa was going on. It's perfect. Like, it's just a bet, right? So, once again, I think we sent it. At, no, I sent it as it drifted. So, I'd said, uh, you know, top toad SP. Because um, all this money was coming from Paco, and I was giggling. I was like, "This thing's this Paco's got the wide gate. It's got a three kilo apprentice who's been claiming three kilos for three years. She's going to have to go forward because it can't go back to last and circle them. Going to have to go forward. She's going to be no closer than three or four deep, like she has been on it last start, and it punctured at the two hundred. Like this, Doctor TK is a moral." Like, he'll completely score her, Bobby. He'll keep her wide. It's just... So, I've kept betting. Got out to 390. Now, as I expected, Dr. TK's second race start, showing a bit more better manners, showed a bit more gate speed, lobbed outside the leader. And then we've got another three-kilo apprentice who was tardy away and couldn't hold her horse, so she decides to go three deep and just completely carve them. <laughs> Meanwhile... Meanwhile, the well-backed commodity's gone back to second last. And I'm thinking, well, I'm glad she's second last because she still won't be able to get us. Like, she's not going to circle them from second last. The horse is not that good. She's just pulled the widest runner from the 600 and kept pulling water to keep circling them and ran past us and got, you know, beat us a length. Um, I had a look at some of the lead times and, like, we were probably entitled to knock up. But, like, honestly, it's... Like, it's just one of those things where you're just on the right horses and you're just getting barbecued by people that, you know, should be honing their skills at non-tab meetings, not on Sky Channel that people can actually bet on. <laughs> like, honest, honestly. Where did the leader finish? I can't remember which one it was. Uh, what? Uh, it was Sugamore, wasn't it? It was beaten 13.4 lengths. Yeah, with a $370 SP. <laughs> the other horse was Evasive Light. Uh, it was $21. It was the one three wide um, yeah. pouring the pressure on. It probably didn't go too bad, but, like, you know, how can you bet? Um, and, I think, and then the bets in – I think the Gold Coast bets ran second. Um, uh, it's just one of those days, I suppose. I don't know what to say. Like, I know what I want to say, but I just don't think I can. No, you can't. <laughs> uh, it's tough. It's um, you know, you you sort of the third tier of the third tier of jockeys in Queensland on a Saturday because obviously you have got your Metro meeting, you've got your Gold Coast Saturday, and and if you've got any ability at all, the last thing you want to be doing is driving an hour and forty minutes to Toowoomba, you know, to put your life at risk riding in those fields. Yeah, and, like, and the, 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 the first tier riders are like the fourth tier riders from here. Yeah. I did say there before that Paco ran away from us in the line. It was only like point two because Paco was laying all over the top of us up the straight. Like it would have won, it would have won easily, probably, but anyway. 
Yeah, it's tough. Um, the best jockey in Queensland's back this week, I think, Brad Stewart. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of a lot of soul searching at, at the results, and Brad Stewart's name is attached to a lot of positive units um, over the last six months. So, glad to have him back. And the week ahead for yourself, girls, reasonably busy as always. I think you start with is it Warwick on Tuesday? Warwick Tuesday, Ipswich Wednesday, Doomben Thursday, Sunshine Coast Friday night. Saturday is Aquas Park, Gold Coast, Eagle Farm, Toowoomba. Sunday is Gatton, which is God's carpet in the Lockyer Valley. Um, so I'll bet okay, probably 120 races there, I suppose. <laughs> And then I'll have Monday, Tuesday off, and then bet Ipswich the following Wednesday. Sounds great. Uh, Dickens, you have you have Swan Hill Tuesday, Sandown Wednesday. Hobson Country, Hobart Country, we don't need to do the form. What, Valley Friday night, we've got uh, the Blue Diamond Day on Saturday. A decent week. Yeah, we'll bet. We'll start. We won't bet Swan Hill. I doubt. I'll look at it, but I doubt. We'll bet. Um, we'll bet. Sandown. We'll 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 skim Warrnambool. We'll bet a couple of maidens at Pakenham. Maybe a maiden at Benalla. We'll we'll bet at the Valley. We'll bet at Caulfield. Maybe a maiden at Yarra Valley. Well, that's the Blue Dom. That's at Entha, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, no, I won't say that. And we will bet on Sunday at Werribee. It's actually one of our most profitable tracks. I've just done a bit of research last week on that. So I'll be doing the entire meeting at Werribee. I won't be like betting or sending shit every race, but it's, I'll have looked at everything in real, de- real detail for Sunday. Beauty. And I've got Bunbury Wednesday, Geraldton Thursday, Ascot Saturday, don't know Sunday, but we'll have a look at them all. Could be, could be an early bet, though, the Blue Diamond. So um, oh. I know we're you know we only send them at nine a.m. and all that, but I'm starting to get a bit over that. So we'll, we might be there might be there might be something about to happen in in the blue diamond market field. So they're all in, aren't they? They would be yeah, until Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Beauty. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks, go well. whose sectionals we quoted for every little bit of that. Yeah, they keep us alive and kicking at Good all times. Good it, honest to God. Yeah, as does Goat, but for different reasons.